Good morning. How are y'all doing today? Happy New Year. Welcome back to Lake Point Church 2019. And uh, what a great, I hope you've had a great uh, Christmas. I hope you had a great New Year's. And, um, and I know that, you know, exciting things are happening uh, in a lot of our lives. And, um, uh, you know, last Sunday, if you weren't here last Sunday, I did a message on how to have a one word for 2019, and and really excited because I've asked you to email me, and I and no one ever emails me, unless unless they have something to complain about, which never happens, by the way. This church is the perfect church, okay? No one ever complains to the deaf guy because the deaf guy don't hear, and uh, but he can read. But I, you know, it was amazing because I got all these incredible emails from a lot of you, and um, just sharing me what God is working in your heart, your one word. And, um, and I haven't been able to respond to everybody yet, but I just want you to know I'm excited about what God is doing in your life, and I'm praying for you. And, and this, this week, I'm going to be compiling all the words um, on one page and with your name, and all, all year long, I'm going to be praying for you. I'm going to be praying for God to work that one word into your life, however he's speaking. And so if you haven't sent me that one word, or if you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about, um, one word, uh, just go back online, listen to last Sunday's message, or you can go to our Facebook page. I think the message was posted yesterday. Um, so you can look at yesterday's Facebook feed and, um, and just jump in and, and, and see how you can discover that one word for 2019. And, um, and I'd like to be praying for you. Share that one word. Many of you have shared that on your Facebook page, social media. And um, keep doing that. And, um, and here, here's the thing. I think many of people at this time of the year, they, they want to change. We want to make some changes. You know, I, I think many of us in here, you're, you're ready to change. I know I'm ready to change. We all have things in our lives that need, that need to change. I need to change. There are areas in your life you need to change. And I'm going to give you a shocking statement as we kick off this message, as we begin to talk about how to, how to have a fresh start. And here's a shocking statement. And when I say this, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, okay? But when I say this statement, I want you to think about it for just a minute. And then I want you to say it with me. All right, here, here's the statement. I can't change. And we want to change, but I can't change. I, I want you to say it with me. One, two, three. I can't change. Now, before you leave, before you say, well, well then why am I here? You know, what's the point if I can't change? I, I want to say this. The true beginning of change happens when we admit to ourselves I cannot change. Now, God is a God of change, right? God, he wants to change people. What's interesting, interesting about God is that throughout the Bible, God says, I don't change. In fact, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But he wants to lead you. He is the agent of change. He wants to lead us in change. Although we can't change on our own, our Heavenly Father, He is the agent of change that can make the change in our lives. What I want to talk about in the first message this morning in this series is I want to talk about a supernatural change. Now, there's a difference between a supernatural change and a superstition or super, I'm sorry, superficial change. There's a difference between a superficial change and a supernatural change. Now, what is superficial change? If you're taking note, when we try to change ourselves from the outside in, that's a superficial change. And let me say this. I'm not here ripping on superficial change. 
I mean, there, there, there are some superficial things, there's some resolutions, that this is the time for resolutions. Some of you made resolution on the first of the month, and you've already quit this resolution. We're, only, we're not even a week yet, and you're already done. You've already blown it, okay? But superficial things, you know, you want to you wanna eat better. You know, you want to read some books, you know, and, and get smarter. You want to finish a degree or, or this. And, and all those things are not bad things, they're good things, okay? And so today, you know, I'm not here to say that you should not have do these change, but those are the type of things that we try to change from the outside in. Superficial change. It only goes so far. They're temporary. You know, we can, we can try to be as healthy as we can be. At the end of a day, no matter how healthy you are, no matter how much you exercise, it's good for the short term, but long term, here's the fact, one out of one people dies. It happens. And so we, you know, superficial change is good for the temporary, but it's not eternal. It only goes so far. When I was in college, I was a freshman, I went to a Bible college, and in Florida, and, and there was a, uh, a, 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 a senior guy down the road. He was a Bible college student. He was a, he was a, a preacher boy. Uh, and I was a freshman, and, uh, and he was a senior, and he lived a couple of doors down, and, and, and he was very, very to himself. Right? And he was a little odd, I thought, you know. I mean, okay. And some of you think I'm odd. It's okay. I mean, whatever. But, you know, I thought this guy's a little odd, and, you know, but nice, nice guy, okay? I, I'm not here to rip it on the guy. And, um, and he, by the way, his name is John, all right? And John, you know, he's always dressed up in a suit all the time. I think he went to bed. I think he slept in a suit. He woke up in a suit. And uh, it's just, just how, you know, he, he was going to be a preacher, right? And, and, um, and so um, toward the end of the school year, uh, uh, my first, at the end of my freshman year, He's about to graduate, and he's been dating this girl very seriously. Um, and, of course, he comes in our room. He never comes in our room, but me and my roommate were in there, and he's really happy. He, uh, like I said, always very serious, but he was very happy. And uh, he comes into the room, and he said, guys, I've got some cool news. I've got some great news. And we're like, John, what, what's going on? I said, I bought a ring for my girlfriend. I'm going to propose to her. I'm going to ask her to be my wife. And of course, that guy was like, man, John, that is amazing. That's awesome. And he said, and he said and guess what? I bought the ring. I want to see it. I said, yes, I want to see the ring. Of course we want to see the ring. So he pulls out of his pocket, you know, a little box, opens it, and he opens the ring. And it, I, I'm telling you, it looked like a 10-carat diamond. It was huge. My eyes got big. My roommate's eyes got big. He said, holy smokes. And, and I'm looking at John, and John's just laughing a little bit. Giggly. I said, man, this guy's really excited. And I'm, we're all so shocked, and we're thinking, wow. We're, we're thinking the question that we, were, we didn't want to ask, and that was, how much do you pay for that thing? But we didn't want to ask the question. That's rude. You don't ask that question. But John says, hey, you would like to guess how much I paid for this? Well, now, now you want to go there. And I said, yeah, I'd like to guess. Um, man, I, I, I never ring shop for diamonds, so I'm just kind of, kind of ballparking. Let's just say $5,000, because that's a, huge, that's a huge diamond. And he started laughing a little bit, and you know, some, some of the other guys said 7000 another one said 4000 and said, man, you guys aren't even close. Hi, well, what do we do? We need to go up or down? He wanted to play that game, okay? I said, oh, you got to go down. All right, we'll go down. How about $3,000? $3,000. He paid $3,000 for that diamond 10-carat ring. And he's laughing a little bit more. He said, nope, you got to go down. All right, 2000 He starts laughing a little bit more. He said, nope, down. 1000 500 400 down. Uh, well, now I'm looking at the roommates. I'm saying, what is going on here? 
I say, $100. You paid 100 bucks for that thing. And he's laughing. He thinks it's hilarious. He said, no. Got to go down. We get it down to three bucks. He paid $3 for the fake diamond. And I, I'm looking at him, and I'm, you know, I'm not an expert on, you know, at that time. I, I, I didn't have, I've never had a serious girlfriend at the time. And, and so I, I, I'm not an expert, but I just kind of say, you know, this, this doesn't look right. And I look at John and say, John, you're going to give her a $3 ring, and you want her to be your wife? I mean, what is she going to do when she finds out that you've only spent $3 and that it's not even the real thing? And John says, she'll never know. <laughs> As I was practicing my sermon last night and going over it, and I, ironically, I remember the, the guy's last name came to my head. I went to Facebook and I found him. I wanted to see if he was still married to that, you know. No, it's a different lady, okay? It's a different person. So obviously that didn't work out so well. Well, here's the point. Superficial change is cheap. It's cheap. It's temporary. In the short term, it works. In the long term, it doesn't work. So what? Supernatural change. Supernatural change is when we allow God to change us from the inside out. From the inside out. When we allow, it's not I can change, it's say I can't change, but it's when we allow God to change us from the inside out. When we open the, the lid of our lives, and we invite God in, he changes us from the inside out. See, if I look to the inside of me, I'm in trouble. If I look to the inside of who I am, I don't have the stuff to change myself. But if I look to God, I see that the change occurred 2,000 years ago, on the outside. You see, God sent, his Jesus, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on Calvary. And on the cross, he made an exchange for his righteousness for my sin. He made the exchange. He took our sin on his shoulders. And then he offers us righteousness, forgiveness, and the power of change. But that's on the outside. And true change is on the outside, not on the inside. But true change is when we receive Christ. It's when we receive the outside, invite the outside work of Christ. And we invite him on the inside. And then he begins to work from the inside of us out. It begins with him on the outside. And we move from the outside to the inside. And then that's when he changes us. Supernatural change. It's the real deal. It's not fake. It's the real thing. And if I'm going to allow God to change me from the inside out, you know, I'm going to have to say to God, say, God, I can't change on my own. Only you, God, can bring about the change that needs to happen. True change. Real change. And I submit my life to you, God. I submit it to you. My, my sins, my words and all, my imperfection, and I give it to you. I give you my life. God is the only true agent that can bring about real change from the inside out. And it happens when we invite him in. God wants to change. God wants to change your life and mine. That supernatural change, if you look on your handout notes, I didn't finish that sentence, but supernatural change is when we allow God to change us from the inside out through the miracle of metamorphosis. 
Somebody say meta what? Metamorphosis. Through the miracle of metamorphosis, it's a science term, and you know, this, you know what this is all about. Metamorphosis. Let's just say, let's just say we have a caterpillar up here. Let's just say I have a tree, and the caterpillar is on this tree right up here. And let's just say, for the sake of this illustration, just imagine with me, that this caterpillar could talk. We have a talking caterpillar up here. And I, I walk up to the caterpillar, and I say, hey, man, what's up? The caterpillar talked to me. He said, man, I'm, 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 I'm doing good. And I said, well, what are you doing? Because it looked like he's trying to do something. He said, man, I'm, I'm working. I'm trying really hard. I'm working really hard, Scott. I said, well, what are you trying to do? And he said, you know, I'm trying to be a butterfly. I'm trying to be a butterfly, and I figured if I could just jump off this branch, that I'll fly. And I watched him get to the you know, edge of that little branch, and I watched him. We all see the caterpillar jump, and he falls flat on the ground. I, I said, caterpillar, you okay? He said, I, I'm all right. I'm very soft. You know, you mind picking me back up. And I'll pick him back up, you know, put him back on the branch. And I said, what are you doing now? You know, he's trying to arch his back. He said, man, if I try really hard, I'll pop out some wings. And it's going to be beautiful. I have these beautiful wings. And wings, and it's going to be great. And, I, and then I'll become that butterfly. And I said, man, and if you love the caterpillar enough, you'll say, caterpillar, you've got to give it up. You've got to stop. You can't change like that. And you'll be like, what are you talking about? If, if you want to be a butterfly, if you want to fly, if you want to have the beautiful wings, if you want to be the butterfly, then you have to cooperate with the miracle of metamorphosis. You have to cooperate with the miracle of metamorphosis. And when the caterpillar does that, when he cooperates with the metamorphosis of change and this miracle of change, when he does that, the caterpillar would die. His body would die, and then he would be born again and eventually, he will become a butterfly. It's a process. It's a process. Here's a question for you. How do I become a changed man? How do I become a changed woman? You have to cooperate with the miracle of metamorphosis. That's what it means to be born again. We have to die to ourselves. We have to die to trying to change on our own. And we give it to God. We can't try to do that. There's so many people in this world trying to live the life that God wants them to have, but they're trying to do it without them. And we have to die to that and say, God, I can't do this. I need you to do what I can't do for myself. And we have to admit, God, you are the one and the only change agent that I can have in my life. And once that happens, we can become this butterfly we are transformed. We're changed from the inside out. Now, you might be saying, well, that's cool. I can handle that, you know? I just cooperate with the miracle of metamorphosis. I just sit back and relax. I don't have to do anything. I'll just let the change happen. And I'm going to say, just hold on to that thought for just a minute. That's not quite the way it works. In fact, so many of us, we have secrets in our lives. We have things in our lives that's holding us back. Things that are holding us back to being all that God wants you to be. You know, you, you think you've got it hidden from everybody, but God knows. And the thing that we're hiding is keeping us from discovering the great plan that God has for you and me. And so as we talk about fresh start, I want to talk about two things. I want to unpack two thoughts here on how you can have a fresh start. Start. And these two things are essential that we need to understand these things. If you're taking note, number one, what we cover, God uncovers. What we cover, God uncovers. I want you to look at this verse, Proverbs 28, verse 13. People who conceal their sins will not prosper. Let's just stop here for just a minute. What we cover, God uncovers. And so many of us, right now in this room, 
You're playing the cover-up game. You're playing the cover-up game. You know, when, uh, when I was little, me and my brothers, you know, and you, you've done this. And if you're a parent, you can relate to this because I've got kids and they've done this too. Uh, they like to play hide-and-go-seek. And especially the cute little four-year-old, five-year-old ch- ch- you know, child that you have. And, and they have to play hide-and-go-seek. And, and they like to go to the bedroom. And they like to crawl underneath the covers. Right? I got the covers right here. They like to crawl underneath the covers. And they get on the bed. And they think they're hiding. Because they can't see mom and dad, they think they're hiding. Although, mom and dad can see them, right? And this looks ridiculous, doesn't it? <laughs> Look crazy. But this is how it looks like when we're playing the cover-up game. When we're under the covers, trying to hide, trying to hide our sins, trying to protect our secrets. We're playing the cover-up game. In fact, Adam and Eve did this. Adam and Eve they sinned, and what did they do? What was the first thing they did? They made clothes. They covered themselves, and then they went and played hide-and-go-seek. They played a cosmic hide-and-go-seek with God. Listen, you can't out-hide God. You say can't. Adam and Eve tried to do it. didn't work. But you see, when we, when we play the cover-up game, there's a couple of things that happen if you take a note. Number one, we tend to blame. We blame our past. We blame our family and say, you know what, my mom, and, you know, she was very mean-spirited. I'm the way I am because my mom was very mean-spirited. Or I'm the way I am because my dad was very domineering. He was always angry. You know, I can't help it. Not my fault. My parents' fault. My grandparents' fault. Or, or you can say it's my friend's fault. You know, I'll blame her or I'll blame him. And we play the blame game. We do a good job at this. By the way, who did the, who did the very first blame game? Adam and Eve. All right, they play the whole blame game. They're hiding and then blame each other. And, and then here's another thing that we do. We invite other people underneath the blanket. We find sinful sympathizers. We're looking for people to agree with our behavior. Nathan, come up here, buddy. I'm going to invite Nathan, my son. All right? Now, you come up here. You don't have to take the long cut. Get on in the, get on in the cover, man. Come on. Hide up here. All right. Hey, buddy. How you doing? I'm good. Good. He said he's doing good. Hey, man. You know what? It's okay. The way we're living, you know what? We can justify it. It is okay to live the lifestyle we want to live. It's okay to gossip. You know, me and you, we can gossip. We're cool. I can sympathize, man. It's all good. Hey, want to invite somebody else under the covers? Sure. Yeah, hey, Jonah. Jonah, come up here, man. Jonah, come on, buddy. Jonah, all right, here we go. Come on, Jonah. Yeah, Jonah. Hey, man. It's, hey, it's okay to frequent those places we shouldn't go. It's all good, man. It's all good. Hey, we got to relieve our stress, dude. We got to take the stress off. It's okay to smoke weed three or four times a week. It's all good. It's all good, man. All right? And it's hot underneath the blanket, by the way. Woo! <laughs> it's hot. All right, you guys get out of here, all right? Give them up. Give them up. There you go. We justify, and we find people that can reason with our lifestyle. Because, hey, if we can find people that kind of in the same boat as us, then, then we don't feel as guilty. We don't feel the guilty. And then, and then here's the third thing. We tend to lie. We start lying to ourselves. We start lying to God. Listen, listen. It is hard to walk in the light. It's hard to know where you're going when you're covered up. You can't see the amazing thing that God has for you. And, and then we begin to lie. We begin to lie, we start to say it's okay. We start to lie to God. We start to lie to ourselves. We say, man, nobody can know. It's all good. We lie. And when we cover, God will ultimately uncover. Numbers chapter 32, the Bible says, make sure 
your sins will find you out. Make sure your sins will find you out. And when the reveal happens, it's not going to be pretty. You cannot have a fresh start living under the blanket. You cannot have a fresh start living covered up. But here's the second point I want to make. And here's the good news. What we uncover, God covers. What we uncover, when we take off the covers and say, God, I'm uncovering this, then God covers. We say, God, what do you mean by this? Let's go back to that verse in Proverbs. Let's read the rest of this. It said, people who conceal their sins will not prosper. But if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. What we uncover, God covers. How sweet is that? Let's break it down. Confess. If they confess. What does confess mean? The word confess, if you're taking notes, it means to agree with. It means to agree with. When I'm confessing my sin, when I'm confessing my shortcomings, when I'm confessing my futile attempt of changing on my own, I'm just telling the truth before God. I'm telling the truth before God and say, God, I'm in agreement of what you're calling it. You see, in our day, we love to sugarcoat. We love to sugarcoat it. And say, oh, man, you know, yeah, I'm married. And, uh, you know what? I, I, you know, the, the person I see at work and, you know, she, you know, it's not my wife. She's not my wife. But, you know what? We're just flirting. It's okay. We, we haven't gone. We haven't committed adultery. But, man, we're, we're hanging out more than we should. We're flirting more than we should. You know, I, I, she's very attractive. I want to be around her more than I want to be around my wife. Yeah, you, you say, you know, I'm, I'm fine. I haven't crossed the line of being in the bed with her. But the Bible says that when you lust after a woman, you've committed adultery in your heart. And some of us, we just need to come clean and say, okay. I need to come clean. Some of it, you know, you need to come clean and say, you know what? You know, I don't have, you, you might think, I don't have a porn problem. You know, sure. And then I watch something and it might show something. But you know what? I don't have a problem. You know, I can sit there. It doesn't bother me emotionally and physically. You know, I can deal with it. And we just need to confess and say, God, I have a porn problem. I'm watching something I should not see with my eyes. Or I'm reading something that I should not read. I'm reading books that fantasize adultery and pornography. And you say, you know what, that's just, it's just easy reading. It's just fun reading. It's just recreational reading. But when we confess, when we uncover and say, God, I need to call it what it is. I need to call it what it is. And you say, you know what? Sometimes we say, you know, God, it's okay. We, you know, I don't really gossip. We just have conversation. We like to show our opinion. But we just sometimes need to call it what it is, just gossip. It's sin. We need to confess. We need to confess to God. And when we confess, when we uncover our sin to God, God's not like, oh, my. I had no idea. I had no idea you were immoral. I had no idea that you thought those thoughts. I had no idea that you said those hurtful words. I had no idea. No. You're not going to surprise God. He knows. There, there's no such thing as a secret meeting. There's no such thing as a covert operation. God, he sees it all. And when you uncover, God covers but how did that work? 
what the key to a fresh start for inviting the change agent into our lives. It's uncovering our junk. It's confessing our sin before God. It's agreeing with God about our condition, that we are weak and that we are helpless and hopeless without him and that we need him. And the Bible says in verse number 13, if they confess, and look at this, and we turn from them. In other, in other translations, you'll see the words renounce or forsake. It means left behind. It means repentance. Repentance. So we confess. We agree with God. We don't stop there, though. We, we confess, we agree with God, and then we make an about face. We're going this way, and we turn the other way. We turn away from our sins. We forsake. Doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. Doesn't mean that we're not going to go back, you know, because this is a daily thing. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. But when we repent, we have a change of mind. We see sin the way God sees sin. And then he says, if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. All of our sin has been covered by the blood of Jesus. The grace, mercy, and the forgiveness of Jesus were covered when we uncover, when we come clean before God, when we have a change of mind, when we repent. He covers us with his love and grace and forgiveness. So confession and repentance, they trigger, they trigger the mercy of God. And if we're not doing those things and submitting to those things and obeying those things, we will never discover the mercy and the forgiveness of God. We've got to be real. We've got to say, Lord, I've been living a lie. I have been living a lie. Remember what happens when we're trying to cover it up? You know, we tend to blame others, right? We, we, we bunch up with sinful sympathizers. We lie to God. We lie to others. We lie to ourselves. But when we confess and repent, when we do the uncovering before Almighty God, here's what happens. We don't blame anymore. We take ownership. We take ownership of our sins. We're not looking to our parents and grandparents and our friends and our coworkers to say it's their fault. We, we take the fault. We take the, the blame, and we don't blame others. We confess. Then we find ourselves, then we find ourselves by the change agent. We're moving and gathering away from the sinful sympathizer. We're moving toward encouraging empathizers. Encouraging empathizers. Now, where do you find these people? Where do you find the encouraging empathizers in our lives? In God's family. In God's family. You find yourself being drawn to people who will challenge you, who will hold you accountable, who will pray for you, who will share with you. Not the simple sympathizers. You start to live out a life of truth. But Jesus said, you're going to know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And you're being honest with God. You're telling the truth about your whole deal with encouraging empathizers. You're encouraging with them. You're helping them. You're letting them listen to you. You're being honest with others. And you're saying, here I am. All my imperfection, all my sin, the life that I have been living has been fake. I've been living the fake stuff. The fake diamonds, the cheap stuff. I'm tired of living fake. I'm ready to take the mask off. Because everybody looks at me and sees me from the outside in. I've been trying to change from the outside in, and I look good from the outside in. I got everybody fooled but God. And I'm ready to quit. I'm ready to give up. Because I'm tired of playing the game. I'm ready to be real. I'm ready to be real. And the church is the place for that. This is the perfect place for imperfect people. Right here. 
The devil oftentimes would say, don't share your junk with others. That's what the devil would say. Don't share your junk. Don't tell people they don't need to know that. Don't talk to these encouraging empathizers. They're going to laugh at you. They're going to they're gonna trash you. They're going to say, man, I can't believe you've done that. They're going to make you feel so small. Don't just shut your mouth. Just don't talk. You don't need to tell nobody. That's a lie. Just call the devil what he is. He's a liar. The father of lies. And so we cover up. And God will uncover it. Don't mess around with that. You cover up. God will uncover it. So I'm challenging you this. Uncover. Come clean before God. And God will cover with his forgiveness and grace and mercy. He says, God, you don't understand what I've done. You don't realize where I've been. And you're right. I don't know. I don't know what you've done. But I do know a guy that committed adultery. I do know a guy that tried to cover it up. He tried to cover up and had his, had his woman husband killed because he got her pregnant. Yeah, I'm talking about David. You know David. King David, man after God's own heart. Played the cover-up game. He, played, he tried to do this whole thing. And when you cover up, it's miserable. Because David testified how miserable he was. He says in Psalm 32, verse 3 to 4 and 5, he said, when I refuse to confess my sin, when I wanted to keep it covered, my body wasted away, and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Finally, I uncovered. Finally, I confess all my sin to you and stop trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And you forgave me. And all, all my guilt is gone. David got a fresh start. An adulterer, a murderer, he uncovered, and God covered him with his grace and mercy, forgiveness, love, new vision for his life, endurance, a plan, agenda. He gave him a clear contract. Didn't have to carry that guilt no more. God has a plan for each and every one of you, a wonderful benefit for your life when we come clean and uncovered. How, how did Nathan get to, how, how did David get to the place? Take a note. I'm going to give you a new word here. David got Nathanized. Not euthanized, Nathanized. You said, What in the world are you talking about? Nathanized. There was a guy that worked for him named Nathan. And Nathan knew about the game that David was playing under the covers. And he confronted him. He said, King, you're in sin. Nathan empathized with him, spoke the truth and love. He didn't sympathize, he empathized. He spoke the truth and love. You see, David, David could have killed Nathan on the spot. But think about this. But David had already gone a long way to try to cover sin up. He had squillions of dollars, okay? He was the most powerful man. He could have Al Capone the guy if he wanted to. Tie him to a big rock, throw him in the middle of the lake. Nathan would never be found again. He could have done all of that. But he was Nathanized. He was convicted by the Holy Spirit through Nathan. And David submitted. He received the truth. He confessed. He repented. And he began to do what God wanted him to do. Every time you come to church, every time I come to church, we get Nathanized. There's, there's that Holy Spirit nudge and say, hey, you need to be listening. Sometimes your toes get stuck on saying, oh, man, Scott, that hurts. You just got Nathanized. Now, 
every time you read the Bible in your quiet time, in fact, there's the reason why some of you don't read your Bible in your quiet time, because you're afraid that you'll get Nathanized just reading the scripture, that you'll get convicted. You're afraid to get Nathanized. This is the picture of the power of the Holy Spirit of God trying to change us from the inside out. Only God can change. Only he can make the change in your life. Supernatural change, not superficial change. Supernatural. Confession that's agreeing with God. Repentance that's turning away. The Apostle Paul, he was hurting Christians, messing around with the church, and then he got saved. He got a fresh start with God on his way to Damascus. And his life changed, and he became a follower of Christ. And then he wrote this verse in Romans 12, 2. He said, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. That word transform is the word metamorphia. That's the Greek term. Metamorphia, which is our term, metamorphosis. It said, be metamorphosized. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good pleasing and perfect will. You see, we need to cooperate with the transformation. The miracle. The miracle of metamorphosis. Don't try to fly. Don't try to change on your own. Don't try to be a butterfly by yourself. You see, that's why if you're taking note. That's why the Christian life is all about a walk. It's all about a walk. Every day, we're taking a step, one step at a time. That's why our mission statement here is helping people take their next step with God. Because every person in this room has a step to take. See, the Christian life is not a sprint. The Christian life is a marathon. There's a whole life ahead of us. And we are to walk in it. And this is how we cooperate with the miracle of metamorphosis. Every day, every day, I am stepping. I am walking. I confess. I repent. I do what God wants me to do. I confess. I repent. I do what God wants me to do. Every day, Paul said this, I have to die to myself daily. This is a daily occurrence. Every day, I have to get up. I have to walk. I have to confess. I have to repent. I have to constantly uncover Uncover, uncover, because I live in this world, and sin will always find a way, back and always. But the grace and mercy of God, give it to him. I confess, I repent, I do what God wants me to do. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, if you live in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. We take steps that will keep step with the Spirit. And the only thing, that can block the Holy Spirit power in you and me. The only thing that can stop the Holy, Spirit, the Holy Spirit from doing its work in your life and my life, and you and me, the only thing that can stop them is you and me. You see, oftentimes we don't, we don't have to cooperate. They're just resistant. We live in a world of hashtag resist. All right, that's, all, that's a political term right now, but we do this with God. We've been doing this with God since the Garden of Eden. Resist. Resist. God said you need to cooperate. Let go. And let me begin to work in me. Get up. Confess. Repent. Do what, you, do what God wants you to do. Walk in step. Don't stop short. Don't go halfway through and say, okay, I, I, I made it. Now, the butterfly, he's got to go through the whole thing. You know, some of us are, are you know, been through the uh, flu bug already. All right? Some of you have been, you know, been sick, and I know several families that are not here because they're sick. Uh, what do you do? You go to the doctor. They write a prescription, and, and they say, hey, you got to take the prescription for 10 days. Finish the prescription out. And, and, and so you, you start taking the medicine, the pills, and about halfway through, you start feeling really good, and you say, you know what, I'm going to quit. But sometimes you do this, I know I've done this. You quit taking the whole thing. And then sometimes when you quit halfway in the middle, you thought the infection was gone. You thought the bug was gone, but you hadn't killed it all. And so when you quit, 
man, that bug, that infection, it comes roaring back to life. And it hits you harder than it did before. And you say, what happened? Because you didn't follow it through. You quit in the prescription halfway through. And we're here to say we got to keep going. And some of us here, we get up and say, okay, I confess, and that's it. God said, you got to do more than confess. You got to keep going through. Take another step. Take another step. Take another step. Don't quit walking. Don't stop short of what God is trying to do. We have to cooperate with the miracle of metamorphosis. And here's the good news. I can't change. You can't change. But we know the change agent. We know who he is. And we can have a fresh start. And only he can give you that fresh start. So you have a choice. To either live life like this. Try to walk around covered up. Or you can live uncovered. And you can be covered by love, grace, and mercy. I choose to live like this every day. How about you? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we can have a fresh start. That you are available to give us a fresh start. That you are the one and only real change agent. You're not fake. You're the real deal. That will give us real change. Real change that will last not just for this life, but for all of eternity. God, I pray that this morning, perhaps there are some of us here, we're living the cover-up game. We're playing the cover-up game. God, there's something in our lives that we need to change. There's something in our lives that we need to uncover and come clean before you. God, I pray that we will uncover. And we know this, that when we come clean before you, that you will cover us with your forgiveness, mercy, and grace. You, you will help us to see where we're going of what the plan you have for us when we live a life uncovered. Perhaps, God, there's someone here today that are living in sin. They've never asked Jesus to come into their life. They've never asked their son Jesus to change their life. They've never had a moment of salvation. They never began the process of metamorphosis. They never began the process where you have come into their lives. Perhaps there's someone here today. That's where they're at. Today, they don't know you. They don't have a relationship with you. And all their life, God, they've been trying to live life on their own. And he says, God, no one's looking. He says, God, you're talking to me. You're talking to me. I've been living a life covered up. Man, I look good on the outside, but on the inside, I am a mess. I am broken. I've been searching. I've been looking. I've been trying this and this and that. Nothing seems to work. But today, I want to invite the outside change agent into my life. And I want him to change me from the inside out. And says, God, what do I need to do? The Bible says, again, confess and repent. But you say, God, I'm a sinner. I'm not going to hide the fact that I'm not. I am a sinner. And I've been trying to live life one way, and now I want to repent. I want to change my life. I want to view life differently. I have a change of mind on how life is all about. And life is only done through you. And God said we can pray a prayer. We can simply invite the change agent into our lives. And you can do that right here. You can do that right in your seat. You can start 2019 with a brand new beginning. 
a fresh start. You can pray this prayer quietly in your heart. You don't have to pray it out loud. Say, Dear God, I've been playing the cover-up game. And I'm a sinner. And today I'm confessing my sins. My past isn't pretty. I'm broken. I'm a mess inside. But today I'm giving it all to you so that I can be covered by your grace and love and forgiveness. Today I'm giving my heart to you. Come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. I want to have a relationship with you in this life and for all of eternity. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. No one looking. I want to celebrate with those. I'm not going to embarrass you. But you say, Scott, today, I just asked Jesus to come into my life. I've asked him to come into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. I've never done that before. And today, I mean it with all my heart. I've asked him to come into my life. Just, will you raise your hand? Says God, I just prayed that prayer. I asked Jesus in my heart. Give one hand over anybody else. So I prayed. I asked Jesus today. Today is a defining moment in my life. Is there anybody else here? Put your hand down. Says God, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. But I got some things I've been covering up. And today, I'm ready to let go. I'm ready to uncover it and come clean before God. If that's you, we said, God, I'm, will you please pray for me? No one's looking. You know, if, if that's you this morning, I'm a believer, but today I got some things I need to deal with. Will you pray for me? Will you raise your hand? No one's looking. I see some hands over here. I see hands over here. That's all right. All right. But you're in a room of empathizing, encouraging empathizers. We're not here to trust you. We're here to love you. I see those hands. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hand over, over here. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for all these hands that went up. God, I know you're working in our hearts to change us, to be what you want us to be. And so, God, in the next few minutes that we participate together in communion, I pray that we will do a self-examination of our hearts, a self-examination of our life. And I pray that we will receive the communion that we're about to take as we begin to think about what you did on the cross and for our sins 2,000 years ago. In your name I pray. Amen.